0: As many of you will know, my eldest daughter has a podcast of her own called Walk the Pod. And it's currently coming towards the end of series 38. And that means she's several hundred episodes beyond where I've got to. But the topic that she's discussing in this series is integrity and we often find that there are certain resonances between the topics that we're discussing, probably because we listen to one another's podcasts, and so I thought I'd put something together here about what I've been saying and how that, to my mind at least, relates to the question of integrity and indeed to the question of how important integrity is. I would start by saying, as I've said to her, that I don't see integrity, even though etymologically this is what it involves, entirely in terms of wholeness in the sense of consistency, coherence and so forth. I don't think that integrity requires us to be changeless, for example, as will be obvious from so many of the things that I've said in previous episodes. I do think that there is another sense in which integrity requires wholeness but not the wholeness of consistency or coherence but the wholeness of I suppose what you would there isn't really a word for it but I and I'm not sure I like the one I'm about to use but it is a sort of comfort. You have to feel comfortable or to put it in terms of what and perhaps claim to be one of my few contributions to philosophy you have to put it in terms of resonance that to feel that you are whole there must be resonance between the way you live your life and your fundamental convictions, beliefs and so forth and when there isn't when you're conscious of a Friction would be not putting it strongly enough. When you're sometimes conscious of almost like tectonic plates of contradictory positions rubbing against one another in a way that's most uncomfortable, it's very difficult there to think in terms of your life being whole. And therefore it's very difficult to believe that your life is a life of integrity. I think that it's possible... And I'm conscious how dangerous this is in the light of the shenanigans of certain leading political figures in recent years. But I don't think that we need to be consistent. I think it's perfectly legitimate to change your mind about things and even to contradict yourself. But I don't think that it's all right, self-consciously and deliberately to mislead in order to get yourself off the hook. In other words, to lie. But I do think that it's perfectly legitimate. Indeed, I think it's honourable to be prepared to say, hitherto I believe this, but now I don't. Hitherto I allowed myself to be persuaded by this, but now I don't. Hitherto I had accepted things like this and this and this because other people taught me to, taught me to, or told me to. Sometimes even forced me to, but now I'm not prepared to go along with that any longer. I think that that is a legitimate way to change, to be inconsistent across time and to say that it is a good thing, an honourable thing, a legitimate thing, a noble thing to be prepared to change to renounce positions you held before and to acknowledge that you were wrong. You didn't knowingly adopt positions that were wrong but somehow or other you found yourself doing so. So I think that there is a sense in which integrity requires wholeness but it requires the wholeness of resonance. It requires the wholeness of being, at one with yourself, even if only instantaneously, contemporarily, and perhaps fleetingly. But I do think that it's vital for mental health and for human society that people adopt such a position on integrity and do not find themselves unnaturally bound by a consistency, that hobgoblin again, by a consistency that requires them to remain attached to something, sometimes someone, from the past, even in the present, who or what or which makes them feel fundamentally uncomfortable, that disturbs their mental health their equilibrium, their sense of their own wholeness and not just their own wholeness but their sense of being able to relate with integrity to other people. Because while we are living a lie we can't relate with integrity to anything including ourselves but also to other people. We find that we concatenate lies and, be, and we, we only become consummate liar, liars by becoming the lies that we live, and that we preach, and that we claim to believe, and that we promul- promulgate. So that's not integrity. Integrity doesn't involve consistency across time, but it does require us to be to feel that one with where we are right now. Or to feel that we are not at one with where we are right now and that we are jolly well going to do something about it because this is not sustainable. Shouldn't be sustainable, this kind of discomfort. Now I'm going to stop there and play a jingle and then come back to what seems to me to follow from this about the really widespread, almost universal human practice of inventing social customs, traditions, practices, habits, values that have exactly the opposite effect and that try as best they can to prevent us from changing. And they are social tropes, is that the right word? Social themes? which tie us to the past and if you've listened to many of these episodes you'll know that that's not something that I think is good for anybody, you or me. So I'm going to stop and then we'll be back after a jingle. made a list, but I don't think it would be very difficult to make a list of the ways in which societies, through most of human history, have done their best, sometimes deliberately, sometimes just by force of habit, to prevent their citizens from changing. Now admittedly, until comparatively recently, for many indeed most citizens, most people in the world, changing was an expensive luxury. You had to work to live, you had to work hard, often for very little reward, and just staying alive was as much as you could reasonably expect to do as a result. So. I'm not for a moment being critical or disparaging of those who have lived consistent lives. Those who rest in unvisited tombs, in George Eliot's words, but for whom things would not be half so good for you and me. But having said that, I think one can look around and see all sorts of shenanigans, mechanisms, by which societies, nations, cultures try again, not necessarily deliberately, although it may be that too but try to keep us fixed to get us to decide once and obey forever sorry to repeat it, but it's so important and you can look at things like the way we educate education very often brings people to a point where they have boxed themselves into a corner, painted themselves into a corner. They've gone through years and years of education, they're in their mid-twenties, they've done degrees and post-doctoral and degrees and post-doctoral degrees and they're absolutely stuck because the world has conspired deliberately or inadvertently, accidentally, to reduce them to the circumstances where there's very little else that they can do. And that of course doesn't just apply to the academic. Someone learns a trade and until relatively recently retraining was both expensive, probably not even available as an option, and not really looked upon with any favour. People were constantly in one form or another being asked to make promises that would be binding until the day they died. You know, the, the marriage promise, till death us depart, in sickness and in health, for richer for poorer and all that, is an attempt to stabilise a society quite contrary to the practices that we all know are widespread whereby people don't stick together forever and in many cases neither should they. As I've said many a time my parents were miserable for most of their marriage life and as good a married life and as good an advertisement divorce as you could ever wish to see but they stuck together. They put the vow backed by its religious associations before their personal health happiness, and all sorts of other things. So there's marriage, there are also things like making vows, you know when you become a nun or a monk or a priest, you take on something which is supposed to be forever. And what's even more strange, and it still sticks in the religious craw, is that religions have a peculiar way of making us feel guilty If we relinquish them, almost as though, to use a Christian metaphor, we were driving additional nails into Christ's wounded body on the cross if we decide one day that this isn't for us any longer. And so, escaping, getting out is very, very difficult because the system has been designed to keep people in and of course the ultimate version of this is the sorts of things that you get in cultic behaviour, secular behaviour, sectarian behaviour in which people are literally brainwashed into believing that there is nothing for them but within the confines of the cult, that they will be lost literally and metaphorically if they leave. So the world conspires in this way but it also does it in much more subtle ways. It does it economically. People can get tied to almost breaking levels of debt. They can get tied to mortgages that they are discovering at the moment that they just can't afford but which force them to continue to do something even if they hate it because the alternative is worse. And you can look around and you can see all sorts of ways in which we are persuaded to stick with what we've got. And society loves that because of course it leads to a relative stable portable, controllable organization of people in which nobody rocks the boat very much the mavericks are a problem because they can't be controlled and although we may like them in minor numbers in small numbers we even admire them to some extent we also know that their lives of mischievousness and dissent and malevolence and all sorts of other things aren't for everybody and couldn't be for everybody because the rest of us have to keep the ship afloat. So the question of integrity, as I was discussing it in the first half of this episode, isn't about endorsing and adopting a particular way of living life that doesn't involve change. It involves, instead, adopting a way of life where change is not only welcome, but encouraged, desirable and noble, but in such a way that we can leave the mountain descend to the plain and climb another mountain carrying with us to some extent the experience and the wealth that led us to the beginning of the mountain we started on but which allows us also to move to another one which is even higher, even better and will benefit everyone including ourselves even more and that. Just to emphasise the thematic integrity is about unmaking one version of sense in order to remake it in another form and it involves refusing to be hoodwinked by social expectations, social norms even to some extent legal legally binding contracts which I didn't mention but can easily ruin lives if we sign them and enter into them inadvisedly. We shouldn't allow ourselves to be hoodwinked, to be tied to these things. We shouldn't put ourselves in positions where we have decided once and must obey forever. There's always scope to change, there's always scope, scope to change our minds there's always scope, although I haven't said very much about it here, to hold more than one opinion on things and not make your mind up about it. To suspend belief, to, to adopt a sort of quantum mechanical superposition of views, because you just don't know what's best to do next, although that's really to launch into an entirely different branch, which I should come back to next time perhaps. What I do think is so important is that there is a notion of integrity that involves change and necessary change. One might almost go so far as to say obligatory change guided by our sense that we are not comfortable with where we are. And it can be vague. It doesn't have to be an explicit sharply focused discomfort. It can just be a feeling. And I've done things in my life, I've made decisions that have often led from positions of supposed comfort, supposed commitment, to the unknown, and there's no telling whether I'll one day make more. One just has to be prepared to do that, because that, in my view, is what some kind of ultimate sense of integrity really entails. The integrity to change when change is required because you're not comfortable with the way things are. Well, thank you for listening.